Welcome to the 14th episode of the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Podcast. Your home for all things Nerdum, gaming, tech, and entertainment. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter for the latest updates and info. Uh, today we'll be talking about what we've been playing, the latest gaming news. I'm Becom, and with me today I have... Savage. And Leo. And how are you guys doing? I haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, we're doing great, and we're, if you've been listening to the last two episodes, we are so glad to have you back. We missed you so, so much. I it's- haven't been listening to the past two episodes, <laughs> and I sense sarcasm. Uh, uh, Savage? Uh, nope. no, you're on your own, Leo. <laughs> Was that a PA announcer? I couldn't, I couldn't make that out. <laughs> oh, did I blow up my mic? Yes, yes you, you did. did. Oh, God. Well... For those of you who don't know, I'm not doing too terribly great. Um, literally, as we sat down to record the podcast, my mic boom that I've used for the past three years decided it didn't want to function anymore. So, uh, yeah, I'm now hand-holding a mic, so I'm trying to gauge the closest I can hold it to my mouth without it uh, distorting too bad. So, Manka, maybe if I just whisper. Yeah, this this will be an ASMR podcast. Uh, Nerdum and other nonsense. Uh, just soft sounds and voices. So anyways, what have you guys been playing <laughs> this week? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Not anything. I, I've been playing real life. Oh, that's a terrible game. <laughs> it really is. I wish I could yep. uninstall. <laughs> well, with that, oh, God. Okay, without saying something suicidal yes you could but whatever (laughs) it's funny like so in near automata apparently this is like a tiny spoiler but uh there's like 26 endings to that game and one of the endings is you go into your menu and since you're an android you can remove your operating system chip like literally uninstall your operating system and then you die and get a game over (laughs) so they literally thought of the uninstall option for that game (laughs) I mean, teach their own? Yeah, I think it's funny. Savage, I would like to correct you, because you did play Destiny earlier this week. I guess. To me, I think week as in, like, since Sunday. And since Sunday, I haven't played anything. But yes, I I streamed the the Crota, well, at least part of the Crota Raid. Our failed Crota Raid, yes. Yeah, on, (laughs) what was it, Thursday of last week. And then I did did do one stream this week on Monday. I played Minecraft for two hours. That was just, I needed to get away from everything. So I just came in here and just mindlessly, like, played Minecraft. So. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to find out exactly what we need to do for Vault of Glass, and we're not going to run into that problem again this time. I don't know. It's it's my first time. <laughs> now, so. I've taken lots of people with their first times through Vault of Glass. Yeah. It's still one of my all-time favorites, I think, for a lot of people also. It's going to be... <laughs> sorry. It's going to be interesting since it's actually like up to light level again, though. It's been a long time since I've played that at like real light level difficulty. Yeah, and I did get my icebreaker, so I'm super happy about that. Wait, did you not already have one? I had a year one, but I had to get a year two. Oh, yeah, I got that a long time ago somehow. I don't know. know. You get it through the Sunrise Bounty by doing Nightfalls. Ah, yes. Yep. And you do have a year two? Yeah. Dang, you're lucky. Kyle plays more than any of us, and he didn't get his about two or three weeks ago. Huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was, like, sort of left up to chance. I forgot about that. I did get lucky with that. 
So, uh, I guess, what have, what have you been up to, BCOM, since we haven't actually heard from you in the past two weeks? Well, I've been in Japan, uh, and one of the great things about Japan, if you go with a large group of people, is that you all get sick together, and it's a <laughs> bonding experience. And then you have, you come home and like, there's various levels of people who are sick. Like, one person has like bronchitis now. Another person thought that she had pneumonia, but I think she's doing okay. And I just have like a really annoying cough, which may come out a couple times during this cast. But, uh, Japan itself was awesome. Like, it's super great. And later on in this episode, I'm going to be talking about, uh, Japanese arcades, which were freaking amazing. Um, but, uh, besides all that, like, I was actually looking forward to coming home because the one game that was waiting for me when I got back was Persona 5. And let me tell you, playing Persona 5 right after you get back from a trip to Japan is amazing. There's, uh, I already tweeted about Does it about take this. you right back to Japan? Yes, exactly. And it's like, oh my god, like, I recognize all this stuff now. Like, there's a, a part early on in the game where it asks you to, like, change subway lines in Tokyo... And I was just like, holy shit, I've been doing this for like a week. I'm like a freaking <laughs> expert at this. Like, <laughs> I, I recognize like all these signs. Like, I know exactly what to do. Like, oh, I'm, I'm scanning my Suica card as I go through the like turnstile. Oh, this is so good. Um, but yeah, I'm like nine hours into this game now. I've played a bunch the past two days. Um, I, I actually just, I just screwed up really badly right before I like got off and to do the podcast because I was about to beat the first dungeon, but I was kind of power gaming it and I was leaving everything until like the last day of the deadline because I was like, oh, I have like all this time I can like level up my characters and like my social links and stuff. Yeah, I read an article about uh, like the like the top 10 things they wish they'd known from the beginning. Yeah. And one of them was like, it took them three days to do the final mission. Oh, yes. Yes. And also to completely explore all the, uh, talking with other, your other uh, teammates and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so I left, I left things, uh, like basically I think a day too late. So that, like, I had to go out of the dungeon to do a thing before I could go back into the dungeon to finish the final boss off. And so, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it led to a game over, and I have to, like, roll my whole save back one week. So that sucks, but, I mean, I've been enjoying it anyway. Uh, it's very similar to Persona 4 in a lot of ways, if you're familiar with Persona 4. I noticed the soundtrack's similar. Yeah, I really like the soundtrack. Uh, I mean, it looks way better than Persona 4, like especially the PS2 version, uh, and like significantly better than Persona 4 Golden as well. Um, and I really like the characters so far, but you can also see like your buddy, like blonde-haired kind of punk kid Ryuji is like a very similar character to Yosuke from Persona 4. Uh, and the other girl, <laughs> she isn't really... I don't know. She's not really Chie. I don't know. She's not really Yukiko, but like she's somewhere maybe in between those two characters. So I'm just interested to see as they fill out the rest of the cast, like how many of these characters are just like stand-ins for characters we've already seen before. Yeah. But, see, um, I've played the first uh, about an hour and twenty minutes, and I'm like, I'm itching to do some battling. In that first hour and twenty minutes, I've only done one battle, 
yes. not counting it against the game because I've enjoyed all the content so far. Like they do like some pretty cool anime scenes. They look great. Oh yeah. Uh, and the, the game itself is obviously CGI to an extent. And like, even all that looks really nice and whatnot. But like I said, I'm just itching to actually get ready to do something. <coughs> yeah. It puts you in like a tutorial battle, like early on. It's like a very short thing, but then it like, like other persona games, it takes a long time to get through the exposition before you finally like see the world kind of open up. Okay. Um, but yeah, once you get into like the first real dungeon, uh, you will just, you can fight as much as you want, basically. Um, so yeah, it does open up pretty soon and then you start making a lot of progress. Uh, like, like other Persona games, it's kind of overwhelming because like there's so many different things you can do with your time to like improve your character. So it's kind of hard to know like what you should be doing and when. Like obviously I screwed up, but, uh, because I was trying to do as much as I could before, uh, this like deadline happened, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and yeah, just having been in Japan recently, like just going up to like vending machines and stuff like, or into like convenience stores and like the train stations. It's just like, Oh, I was just here. I just did all of this stuff. It's really cool. In real life. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm still playing fire emblem heroes and I've basically reached a point where I'm too OP for the game anymore. Uh, it's not, <laughs> it's not really that fun when I can just wax my way through everything. Even the, uh, the arena battles. Oh, I, really? Wow. There's no team that I come against that I can't defeat with a basic understanding of strategy. Wow. Do you still have that, like, Eliwin character that you said was, like, the only match for Takumi or whatever? Yeah, yeah. She's the only match for Takumi, and the only... There has been one or two Takumis that actually didn't die against her, but they were, like, a Takumi plus, oh. where somebody else got a second Takumi and fused them into them. Huh. Wow. But I run Sanaka or whoever. She's a uh, fire mage. And when the turn starts or or and also whenever she attacks, she uh, gives attack bonuses to her uh, uh, allies around her. So that makes uh, Owlin, I think is her name, just way too powerful for just most things. Mm. And also she's really, she's a blue mage, but she also does lots of damage to other blue people. So she's it's just this amazing all around character. Watch out blue man group. <laughs> <laughs> and not many people run greens. So she's, she just tromps through everything. Okay, cool. So kind of going back to persona five for a second, become since I think you've said you've played all the Persona games before? Uh, no. <laughs> I've only played Persona 4 and a little bit of Persona 3. Um, that's as far back as I go. Um, would you say it's the best Persona game you've played? It's still too early to tell. Like, this is a really long game. I think it'll be very tough because Persona 4 gets, like, way better as it goes on. Uh, it just gets better and better and better. I'm seeing a lot of similarities between this game and Persona 4, though. So, like, I kind of expect it to go those places. Oh, <laughs> one other thing I'll notice, I'll note about Persona 5. The story of this game is really fucked up. Like, like, significantly messed up things happen to you and other characters who you care about or, um, have to deal with. 
like to the point where it's almost over the top at times and it's like this is this would not happen in real life like police would be involved immediately in these situations but like i don't know like things with like rape and like horrible physical abuse of high school kids by like their teachers like oh jesus i haven't made that far at all (laughs) you'll see pretty soon it it gets uh it gets pretty intense um also (laughs) i don't know yeah i'm not gonna spoil it but like when i did get that game over screen for missing or being one day too late i died in a very brutal way (laughs) so uh yeah please no spoilers i want to see this one for myself i won't tell you how but it's just it was like holy shit that is ridiculous and that's a cat. That's Chio. As always. So Chio is um, just begging us to get onto our first item of news, uh, which has Yeah, she said, hurry up and just move along already. You guys spent too long on games we've been playing. We need to do news. And we know that Chio is a big supporter of PETA, uh, who protect Chio's rights. And mm-hmm. the latest way that PETA is doing that is by protesting... Her cat body, her cat life. Yeah. <laughs> They're protesting Nintendo Switch's one-two-switch cow-milking game for taking all the cruelty out of the milking. Uh, Can I stop you right there? Sure. I thought they were against the uh, the abuse of animals. So now they have a problem with a game that doesn't show actually how they are abused. Yes, we have to all be very aware of the abuse. So... That, yes. Okay. So I actually really want to read this like entire letter. It's like so the president of PETA, Ingrid Newkirk, wrote this letter to Nintendo on March 30th, stating, "I'm writing on behalf of the people for the ethical treatment of animals, and our more than five million members and supporters worldwide. Our staffers and activists have recently played the cow milking mini game for <laughs> God damn it." <laughs> You can't do it without laughing or coughing. <laughs> for for Nintendo Switch, and realize that you've taken all of the cruelty out of milking. We have more than 35 years of experience investigating dairy farms where cows are exploited for their milk, and it is never that pleasant for these animals. Can we have some realism here, please? Well, if I'm correct, Nintendo is portraying the milking of a cow on like a regular farm that has a couple of cows. Yes. Like maybe even an Amish farm, not not a full production farm <coughs> like you would now for something you would buy at Walmart. Also, whoever expects realism from Nintendo. Exactly. For God's sake, Mario exactly. is like what? Mar- Mario's like four foot like two, which is a real height for some people, but he's... Which, with a seven foot vertical? Yeah. <laughs> like if this was a cow milking game on like the PS4 Pro, they might have an argument. <laughs> But it's fucking Nintendo. I don't know. Uh, they're blah, 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 blah. Bowser is real. Here's this. This this paragraph is ridiculous. To simulate cow milking accurately, 1-2-Switch would need to show all aspects of dairy farming, including the violent insemination of female cows and what the dairy industry itself refers to as a rape rack. What does that have to do with milking a cow? Well, apparently that's how factory cows are milked. Uh, cows produce milk <laughs> to feed their babies, but their young are torn away from them soon after birth so that human beings can use their milk instead. God damn it. I can't read this. Uh, 
A mother cow will bellow for her calf for days after the baby is taken from her. Oh my god. Perhaps you could add these sounds to your game in order to remind players that by drinking milk, people support an industry that separates mothers from their babies. Uh, I would just like to note, we're not laughing at the cruelty of the cows. We're laughing at yes. PETA for thinking a game needs this in there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I was actually thinking that like I'm, the laughing is kind of insensitive. It's also half coughing. I'm sorry about that. We'll wait but, until you get to the end. I have the solution for this whole thing for Nintendo. All right. Oh my. We'd be happy to provide you with video footage. Jesus Christ. Somebody else read this last paragraph. We'd be happy to provide you with the video footage of the filthy conditions that the cows endure on farms for you to include in your game. If you think that the gruesome nature of this world be too upsetting, we suggest that instead of sugarcoating the subject, Nintendo Switch to simulating activities in which no animals suffer. For example, an almond milk minigame in which you pick <laughs> almonds could be quite fun. <laughs> Is your team brave enough to face the truth? An almond milk minigame will never be fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> That is, that is not possible. What's sad is you know somebody out there has already started making that game. Oh, I, I, now I want to oh, play Oh, yeah, it. you know somebody's already developing it. Now I want to play like, I want to pay like $60 for that game now just yeah. to support it. The, the <laughs> easiest way to... And it'll say PETA approved right on top. <laughs> <laughs> not just approved, endorsed. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, no, the solution for this game is just replace the cow with Bowser. Nintendo wants yeah. people to get more familiar with their classic characters leading up to, like, Super Mario Odyssey. Just have a Bowser milking game. And Princess Peach is milking him? Then, then we'd understand everything. This is why he keeps capturing her. You know, somebody should do... I'm not going to do it. Somebody should do a quick uh, search. And I'm sure there's a porn out there about that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's there's a website called Rule Thirty Four. Uh, you can look it up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's ridiculous. Like, you can't expect Nintendo to make a game that is probably targeted more towards kids than anyone else, and have them have audio of cows bellowing for their fucking children in the background. Not to mention, games are made to be completely bending of reality or at, or something completely different so yeah and if this was like a dr <coughs> excuse me if this was farming simulator 2017 i think they might have a point there like maybe like that would make sense yeah it's a simulator <laughs> uh, or if this was just some kind of dramatic game you know that was like meant to be taken seriously Instead of just a complete joke, which is what one two switch cow milking is, uh, this just this is just like a poorly directed letter. As being the only one here who's actually played, have you played that one yet? One two switch? No, I haven't played it. No. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I, no, would, I wouldn't be caught then, dead <laughs> buying that game, but not because I have any like moral reservations. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, can we talk about a game we never talk about? depends which game that we never talk about destiny oh sure yeah uh I've, i haven't heard about it for like a week and a half now so i really need to hear more you mean you didn't get any my messages when you're in japan i i ignored all of those i threw my phone ah, across the room sense. every time i don't even have to be in japan to do that <laughs> <laughs> so uh this is actually exciting 
and potentially it will be the end of our friendship. So Destiny 2 is coming to PC, baby. Um, if they have crossplay where I can play with Leo and everybody else in the clan. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, yeah, if Xbox keeps doing where you can play a game on their system and Windows 10 at the same time, that would be awesome. The thing uh, is they won't um, because just because of like multiplayer alone, Crucible will not work between PC and Xbox. Aiming on PC will just destroy people on Xbox. Yeah, I see that also. Well, could you split the two? I, I would hope so. Like, you could split, like, raids and, like, just, like, social matches. In which stuff. case, I will sell my Xbox One go PC alone. Yeah. So you could switch between PvE and PvP? Yeah. That would yeah. be pretty good. Nice. Yeah. I don't care, necessarily, if I play PvP on Destiny. Like, I, if I'm going to do that, I'll play Halo. Okay, yeah. It'd also be nice if they did just, like, one account. So if I did also end up having to get for PS4... My account will work on both. <laughs> that yeah, that be won't really happen. Cool. That won't yeah. happen. It won't happen. I know. Really cool. it, it's 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 just a dream of mine. That, because yeah. we know they already have uh, specific content for the PlayStation. So that someday a universe will exist where Xbox and PlayStation fans can coexist. <laughs> I wish it. I wish they would stop doing that for every system. That doesn't need no. Uh, platform ex- exclusive so yeah i hate exclusives but you guys probably talked about this last week but it was like I, I was annoyed to hear that the ps4 is getting content like a year in advance again for this game actually yeah. we, we took your advice and we only mentioned destiny like for maybe less than a minute in total last week so but i kept bringing it up at <laughs> <laughs> every opportunity <laughs> uh well since we're not good enough friends already, uh, let's move on to the next topic where Battlefield 1 has introduced premium friends. Are you guys going to be my premium friends? I don't play. I don't play Battlefield either. You're on your own, bud. So this is an interesting and shitty idea. <laughs> <laughs> where that is the best way to put it. One of your friends who's the most baller swag friend of yours can buy the uh, premium DLC maps that come with Battlefield 1. And, <coughs> excuse me, as long as you're in a party with that cool-ass rich friend of yours, you can play on those DLC maps. So it won't split up the, the player base as much. Uh, this whole problem could be avoided by just making the fucking maps free DLC, Jesus Christ. That's all I have to say about that. I have to pay their employees, what do you think? That's true. Uh, they don't pay them enough by just like charging a hundred dollars for the game <laughs> in like the premium like season pass shit in the beginning anyway. God, it's so ridiculous. Who needs to pay employees? Agreed. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. That's why you hire unpaid interns. Yeah, yeah. And unpaid interns make great video games like Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they put out a patch this week. I think it's supposed to fix everything. I think I've played an hour and a half of that also. Oh, man. I haven't played it yet, but I've seen it so many a, clip videos. It's not even an intern to blame for that game. It's I don't know if we have this somewhere else in here. It's not even an intern to blame for Mass Effect Andromeda. It's that, I guess, reports have been coming out from like the animation staff at uh, Bioware saying it's Bioware's upper management's fault for like pushing the idea that, oh, we're not going to do all these characters in-house 
because that would huh. be just too much work and it would cause delays. So instead they like outsourced it to EA Bucharest and Bucharest. then had <laughs> and then had procedurally generated characters through like a scanning program and then they <laughs> didn't they didn't check them or polish them after the fact. Who then <laughs> outsourced it to EA Botswana, who outsourced it to EA Antarctica. <laughs> who then outsourced it to the call center. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. All right. I'll start the next one and then become you go on it since okay. you're the, our Nintendo guy. But Nintendo has put out a patch for uh, Breath of the Wild 1.1.1. Which is supposed to remove many of the worst frame rate drops from the game, yep. making it better. I know you haven't been back long enough to play. No. But do you have any thoughts or ideas on this? Well, <laughs> oh my god! Besides coughing into the mic all the time. Oh god! Sorry, that's a pretty great idea. Yeah, and I think uh, I think we're going to have Savage just take Chio's meow and put it over all your coughs. That is going to be so much meowing. <laughs> I will put it over <laughs> as many as I can. Um, Maybe so, I'll even auto-tune it and do like the Meow Mix theme. Oh, Jesus Christ. That would be great. That would be epic. Meow, 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 meow. Um, so this game certainly needed a patch like this. Uh, and from mm-hmm. what I've read from people who've been playing, it does significantly uh, improve frame rates in places like Hot No Village and like Kakariko and like the starting area of the game where you first run out of a cave is one of the worst areas. I also areas. heard like the final boss battle on the... Uh uh, Wii is like just horrible with frame rate. Oh, oh, on Wii. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Um, on Switch, it was not too bad that I can remember. It was pretty. It was pretty decent. But there is a lot going on in that final boss boss battle. I could see that having trouble on the Wii U. Um, but yeah, I already finished playing this game, so I don't know if I'm going to go back anytime soon and like look at the smooth frame rate but it's something i was asking for a couple of weeks ago as i was saying i hope that either on this console or a future console we'll have like a smoother version of this game and it looks like so, they're delivering on that so that's great yeah so since you've already beaten it do you feel like you don't want to go back and play it anymore or is there just too many other games you have to play right now that's the main reason is there's so too many other games that i'm just like dying to know like well especially like persona 5 and Horizon and Near, like there's so many things I want to get to. So if yeah, I, that's my problem. There's yeah. too many things to play right now, and I do not have near enough time to do it. Plus, we have to do the anime podcast, which is killing me right now. There are a lot of new anime coming out. Spring yeah. is going to. Oh, I'm I'm dead. Yeah, spring. my plan for Breath of the Wild is to wait until the end of the year or like the middle of the year when they're where they're going to release some more DLC content, and then maybe I'll jump back in then and leave some stuff for myself to do at that point. So, yeah. Fair enough. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll read this next rumor because it's fun. You guys can talk about it. So Windows Central is a website that reports Microsoft rumors, and they're pretty accurate usually. They're, uh, they've reported rumors that Microsoft is going to be showing off its Project Scorpio system uh, with showcasing games like Forza Motorsport 7, Battlefront 2, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh uh, and so apparently also games that use dynamic 900p to 1080p resolution on Xbox One right now uh, will be able to scale all the way up to 4K on Project Scorpio. I don't know I don't know which games those would be, but so it presents a possibility that uh, games right now that are 
at 1080p or 900p could look much better on Scorpio as well, like right out of the bat. Yeah, with making the potential that uh, when Scorpio drops that there will be a ton of games coming out at 4K, which is kind of the big deal. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, and one thing to note is that I believe on Eurogamer and Digital Foundry tomorrow morning, so it'll be before this podcast comes out, but uh, tomorrow morning at like 6 a.m., we're recording this on Wednesday, so it's Thursday, 6 a.m. Pacific time, they're releasing the specs for the Scorpio. Which should be interesting. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to see because I know at first Phil Spencer talked about um, possibly, six teraflops. Well, uh, I'm. This also says that in this article. Yeah, <laughs> but I he was kind of talking about like being able to upgrade it as you go, kind of like a PC initially, where you could like crack it open and switch things. But I think I saw a tweet this past week where he pretty much said, "Uh, yeah, no, that won't be happening anytime soon." So maybe it'll be back towards like the Xbox 360 or something where it had like the the Xbox 360 Slim where it had like the port on the side where you could pull out an old hard drive and just put a new hard drive in it. So yeah. if, if they had components like that where all you had to do is like, okay, yeah, you have to buy a Microsoft sanctioned like part or something. So like if they want to upgrade it, oh, hey, here's a new graphics card. Just pop open the port and like, pull the old one out, put the new one in or something to upgrade it further. That would be a yeah. brilliant idea. So, uh, speaking of things like that, uh, Savage, you'll like this. I was been looking at laptops, so I was looking at Razer a little bit. Uh-oh. And I saw they have something very similar to where like you can upgrade your uh, graphics card on your laptop very easily. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't remember the name of the product, but I do remember the product. It's like 500 bucks, and it's essentially an external like GPU unit for computers. Yep. Yeah, for laptops. Yeah, and then you can just open it up and switch out your graphics cards for a newer one. And I just thought that was an interesting idea because their whole selling point was, you know, if you're a gaming laptop and you go in here and there, but then when you get home, you can set it down and turn it immediately into a desktop. Yep, that's that's the best thing about Razer. Which actually, I'll talk about Razer a little bit for a second. Um, just because <laughs> I I recently downloaded Cortex again because that I think I said was the only Razer program I hadn't used for the longest time, and that's because when it was in beta, it uh, would mess with the firewall on my computer. But now that it's not in beta, it's just the full version of it. Um, it is actually a fantastic program. So I have it open on my computer right now and it saved me so much pain this past week when streaming and recording stuff that it may be my new favorite program besides like the basic Razer Synapse on my computer. So it freed up half a gig of RAM when streaming. (laughs) So that made everything like a lot better. I wasn't dropping as many frames. Um, the recording doesn't seem to cause as much lag as like OBS or even uh, Xbox, uh, whatever the game capture is. Like, it's absolutely fantastic. Plus, then it has these things where if you play so many games or whatever, like so many specific games, you can earn 
I guess they call it Z Silver, which is essentially just free currency. Like you get a certain amount per however however many hours you play that day in a specific game, and then you can trade that silver in for actual physical like items. So like a razor mouse or a keyboard or like some kind of peripheral stuff not, look, not a full system but look i'm gonna need destiny dance emotes or i'm out uh, uh. <laughs> oh, there will be those don't worry <laughs> but like the big game on there is league of legends so since i've been streaming that every wednesday night like i'm looking forward to earning some rewards so that's cool yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's got a streaming service. It's got Game Booster. It'll also like defrag all the files in your games on your PC to where it will then make them faster, I guess. So, yeah. Freaking cool. awesome. Love the program. Yeah, that's awesome. And I don't think you have to have anything Razor to do it, like to use the program. I think you should just be able to download it and use it. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It's just software, so yeah. Yep. So, anyways, uh, back to news. Yeah, so uh, uh, Creative Assembly and Sega have announced Total War Warhammer 2 uh, coming up. Uh, So, Total War Warhammer 1 is, like, the first Total War game in a long time that I did not buy. uh, Because I wasn't really, like, sold on it because it is, like, a fantasy world. And I'm not... I'm just not, like, a big Warhammer person. I've never played like the tabletop game or like any of the PC Warhammer games. So while this game looked cool to me, I just was like, oh, let's see, I'll see how this experiment works out. And apparently it's been really successful for Creative Assembly. A lot of people have bought this game and now they're making a sequel to it. And I would say they're probably likely to make a third one if that one does well as well. Uh, as well. Um, but like I'm kind of disappointed because I am a historical Total War game fan, like Shogun Total War, Robe Total War, all of those games. I like to see those more so than fantasy stuff, but at the same time, I see the appeal of this, so I don't know. Have you guys ever played any Total War games? I have not, and uh, Leo is probably still making himself another screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I so, don't yeah. think... Just based off of what I know, I don't think he's played Total War either. I know he played World of Tanks. That was his thing mm-hmm. for a while while we took forever getting on Destiny. But <laughs> yeah, so um, before we jump to our news about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw in something I'm not sure if you've seen. Uh, become. Yeah. What is it? Um so did you see that on steam now for honor that game leo likes to play occasionally has now been pushed so low that it is mostly negatively reviewed yeah well i heard recently like on april 3rd or maybe a couple days before that like the for honor community decided to do like a boycott of the game for a full day because they felt like they weren't being heard by the devs of the studio that makes it. So, yeah, that game's going through some real community trouble, uh, very clearly. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, I assume it's probably going to be similar to Rainbow Six Siege, where Ubisoft's going to have to kind of resurrect the game by changing it completely. Yeah, it could be. Um, 
or like a Diablo three kind of change where they just like re- completely revamp major things about the game because people seem to be very upset with the the overall meta of that game and the online connectivity issues and all these other things. So yeah. Also, while we're talking about Steam, uh, just keep interjecting while Leo makes himself some alcohol. Um, <laughs> I'm already back. Oh. <laughs> we weren't talking about your alcoholism. Um, hey, don't you worry about that. Uh, so Screwdrivers are delicious, man. They are. I, I love a good screwdriver in the morning. Um, <laughs> so, have, do you remember seeing the game Ukulele? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think the reviews are now coming out on it, and they're saying if you like the classic, like, 90s platformers, like Banjo-Kazooie, Spyro, things like that nature, it's essentially one of those. Like, yep. not not very well updated by any means. It, it's basically a throwback to the old 90s games. I would hope that it controls slightly better than those did with, like, an N64 controller. But besides that, like, gameplay-wise, I don't mind if it's, like, exactly the same. Yeah, even visually, like, I don't even care. Like, I I like the retro look, as long as it's just a little more polished. Like, I don't want to see pixels, but, like, yeah. the art style and things like that. So, knowing knowing what I know now, I very well might get that game. Yeah, I think... It makes me think of yeah, uh, Diddy Kong Country 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was, like, a really... It looked really good, but it wasn't pixelated for its time. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing was pixelated for its time when it was only sixteen pic, like sixteen bit graphics back in the in the nineties. So <laughs> now we're at what a uh, hundred and twenty eight? Who knows? I don't even know if we nobody counts bits anymore. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo was eight. Super Nintendo was eighteen, and it keeps 16? doubling. So or Nintendo sixty four, which know. is obviously sixty four. Yeah, and then. GameCube was, if it was doubled, was what one twenty eight? I guess I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really even Something sure like how that. that how that changed. At a certain point, you don't really need more bits. I think you just no. We look at it uh, anymore. We're looking at frames per second or like 1080p or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to find that. So you guys go on to the news, and I will find this. Okay. So, uh, like Savage said, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy The Telltale series is now set to launch on April 18th, so that's in just a couple weeks, um, on every platform known to man besides Nintendo Switch, it looks like. Um, (laughs) So, I have not really enjoyed a Telltale game for a while now. Um, I'm just worried about a uh, movie being made into a video game. Well, yes, but this... I mean, I think it's probably not based off the movie as much as the characters from the comics. Um, though I think like the appearances of the characters are definitely going to be exactly like those from the movie. I'm I'm assuming anyway. Um, right. But at least these are some awesome characters that they have to play around with. Like this should be like a super funny game if they do it right, um, and like just really enjoyable. But that's if they do it right. And, like, Telltale hasn't necessarily <coughs> been, like, 100%, like, on target with some of their games recently. So... Uh, what's some say. of their latest games Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, So, like, Walking Dead, they've still been doing that. Like, Season 3, people have been sort of disappointed with, as far as I know. 
I think that's their main game that they've made. Uh, people liked the Tales from the Borderlands game a lot. That was a hit. Um, I didn't like their Game of Thrones game. I, didn't, I thought it was not that great. Um, the Wolf Among Us was pretty good. Walking Dead Season 1 obviously is like a classic game, but that was a long time ago now. Uh, and there's more. Like they, I think they did... Did they do the Minecraft story mode? I'm not sure if that was them or not. It might have I been. have no idea. But anyway, they've been sort of hit and miss, and also their games have had a ton of technical issues, which have just not been ironed out, and it's been like years now, and all of their games share these kind of like hiccups and the graphics and everything, and people have been asking them to make changes to their engine for a long time. They haven't done that. They just kept churning out new games instead. So... Hopefully they put a little bit of extra love and care into this one because it's a franchise and a movie that I really enjoyed. It's a huge franchise, really. Yeah, and we got Guardians of the Galaxy 2 coming soon as well, so it'll be good. Uh, do you know what the release date is? Uh, for, this, for the game or for the movie? The movie. Uh, no, let's find out really quick. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. do <laughs> <laughs> uh, May 4th. May 4th. So just oh, a month from wow. now. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars Day. Speaking about... Oh, yeah. May the 4th May be, the with, 4th you. be yeah, with you. you uh, speaking of great movies that can't possibly go wrong, Ghost in the Shell had a great opening weekend of $19 million. Which uh, is very sad. Out of a and budget of 110. I, yeah. And I myself ha- actually went and watched it. Um, <sighs> May God have mercy on your soul. It's it's just kind of a whatever. There's so many things that they they could have done better mm. that they did not do. Um, I don't. I mean, everybody keeps saying they whitewashed it, and I kind of gotta agree. Mm. There's just there's so much potential, and they just touched on none of it. And if I wasn't already aware that the Major, which is the main character in the series, wears a skin-tight suit, I would have assumed this was just so that we could ogle uh, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, yes. Yeah. Basically. (coughs) And I told Becom was still in Japan, and I told him, I was like, don't go watch it. Wait till it comes out on, like... Netflix, not probably not Netflix, but like Redbox or something like that, mm-hmm. and watch it then, just so you know about it. But going to the movies and watching it isn't worth his time because I know Pecom would just he you would pick it apart and you would just hate the crap out of it. Yeah, I didn't mention I, this did make forty million dollars internationally, so maybe international it, movie tickets. It actually came out better. pretty big in Japan. Oh yeah, so. That may save not not. I'm sorry. Not I mean China, (coughs) Uh, really big in China. But that's also uh, an interesting note to that is that the Transformers movies, the last one, didn't do too great here, but it was huge in China. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, like China is like those movies are basically for China now. Like almost like they're making so much money over there. It's yeah, and and being because. Maybe most of our listeners are aware we do an anime podcast also. Um, the, the There's so much blending between Japanese and Chinese things in this movie. It was hurting it for me. Oh, really? 
because I would see like a Japanese thing or a Japanese name, and then it would be like Chinese stuff. And it, it, it would clash. That's weird. And I'd be like, and like if they were trying to sell it as like the future where things blended together. Yeah. But I know I have not actually seen the original Ghost in the Shell stuff, but I know enough about it to know that's not necessarily true. That like it it was grinding against me to watch this movie. Every time that happened, I'm just I would it would just take me out of the movie and I'd be like, "What? That doesn't make any sense." Yeah, that's pretty awkward. Not the yeah, not to mention our American actor having a uh Chinese mother. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I know she's in an android body. Yeah, so it's not technically it, her. It's, yeah. it's, they don't explain, oh, she's in an American body. Like, they just needed to say that once, which would have made it better, but they don't. <laughs> uh, All right. I guess that just goes to show you should make movies for us. Like, like just make movies for America. Who cares about China? Make them for us, because we're the oh, ones talking about If they about had... Them done the original anime movie that they did it would have been uh, i mean way better i guess but that's just comparing so that's my bad so i guess let's uh i couldn't i couldn't find any information about the bits of the current generation of consoles okay so oh well who cares um so the, the only thing i found was an article about um how much different consoles cost by today's standards if you account for inflation. Oh, yeah. I've, I've looked at that stuff before. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, like, the Atari 2600, which is, like, probably one of my favorite consoles of all time, nowadays would cost $756. Jeez. Yeah. And then <coughs> the most expensive one is the Neo Geo, which is yeah. $1,138. Was that a complete fail? Um, I, it was. It was very niche because it allowed you to play arcade cabinet games at home. But yeah, it was so expensive. I don't think a ton of people bought them. Yeah. Well, and and I guess to throw it back to like last generation, this is the one that that confuses me. The Xbox 360, three hundred and fifty one dollars when adjusted for inflation. The PlayStation Three, five hundred and seventy. Yeah, and that's why Xbox 360 jumped out to such a huge lead at the beginning of that generation. But um, as the price came down on the PS3 at the end, and as it had like great games like The Last of Us and Uncharted 2 and everything coming out, it caught up significantly towards the end of that generation and almost even out, evened out the sales and carried a lot of momentum into the PS4 uh, as part of the reason why Xbox One has fallen behind here too. But yeah, it's interesting. Like the Xbox 360 was just a great value when it first came out. Yep. So uh let's let's get into the main topic. Roll the BCOM Pictures slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> so um like a lot of the early part of my Japan trip was just sightseeing and stuff, but when we got to Tokyo, it became all about like food, shopping and arcades like every night and the arcades were unbelievable um one of the first ones that i sought out like specifically uh was a retro arcade that was kind of off the beaten path a little bit um 
This had some amazing old arcade cabinets there. Like it had a Star Wars Atari cabinet. Um, had like a Star Wars Battle Pod, uh, and then like a whole bunch of old older games like Space Harrier and all these things. But then it had an upstairs level that was just a bunch of hardcore Japanese dudes just going at it in all these fighting games. Like, literally, like, every Street Fighter cabinet ever made. Like, all of these Neo Geo cabinets that had, like, Samurai Showdown, like, <coughs> um, wow, let's see, what else they had? They had, like, uh, Mark of the Wolves, uh, just everything. And so I was, like, up there, and I was like, oh, I want to have, like, the true experience of fighting some crazy Japanese kid in a in a arcade cabinet. So I found Did you get wrecked? Oh yo jeez. So I found like a <laughs> I found like a Persona 4 fighting game cabinet and there's like some kid there sitting like looking at his phone. Nobody's playing him and I was like, ah, I'll just sit down and see what happens. <laughs> oh my god. I choose like Teddy on the character screen. He's using like, Yukiko and I got one hit in in like four rounds or something. He just full comboed me like just <laughs> like five times in a row. It was so ridiculous. Like, and I'm just here like laughing, like frantically trying to do anything with my buttons. Like literally my character can't move. And which is funny because you could have literally stood up and walked around yep. and just and choked just... him to death, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the interesting part. So when I got up, like, I went around and I was going to say, like, hey, good job. He was just, like, buried in his phone. Like, like had he like he had not even been, like, having his hands on the controls. He like probably he had, like, a pinky yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing he, the game. He was probably, like, one-handing it once he realized I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And so that was pretty... That's pretty funny. Like I just I just enjoyed that experience. It was worth like a hundred yen to find out how bad I am at fighting games. But uh it was fun to watch like these real dudes like playing Street Fighter tournaments and stuff. Like it was pretty awesome just to stand around and watch them play because damn they play at a high level. Um But so that was the retro arcade. The rest of the nights were spent at modern arcades and almost completely devoted to rhythm games, which I, <laughs> excuse me, got super addicted to while I was there, um, along oh, with really? a couple other people Did on our trip. Did you spend a lot of money? Oh, yeah. Oh, I spent... So each play is like a, is 100 yen, which is like almost a dollar. Um, That's not bad. Yeah, and it gives you like three songs per play. So it's really like 10 minutes per dollar, basically, on these machines, something like that. That's better than a strip club. It's much better than a strip club. It's way more satisfying than a strip club, too, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have jokes, but I'm holding them back. So, uh, <laughs> and also, so like all these games are set up where they have at least one other machine next to you that you can then play against somebody. So I was just going at it with like all sorts of people on our trip. like, And like me and another guy were just playing games like Groove Coaster, which was probably my favorite. Uh, this is a game where you have a cabinet that has, like, two buttons for each of your hands, and um, you can tap these buttons, and then you can also slide them left, right, up, and down. Um, so it becomes like a Guitar Hero type of thing where you're tr you have to, like, make the movements, obviously, in rhythm with the music. Um, but the way the screen presents the notes 
is kind of cool. It's all like three dimensional and it's like constantly like you're, it's like a roller coaster you're traveling down. Uh, and you're, it's like, you know, obviously it gets really fast and you have to stay on beat. Uh, and it was just super fun to compete in. That game was amazing. There's other games like My My, which is one where you have like a circular touchscreen in front of you and then like 10 or 12 buttons around the screen. So you can either hit the buttons or tap the screen uh, in rhythm with the beat. Also, you sometimes have to slide your hand across the touchscreen. There's like slide movements you have to do. That one was really fun. People like got really addicted to that one. Uh, Sound Voltex was another one I really liked. This is where you have like four buttons uh, in the middle, two buttons on the bottom, and then you have two knobs that you can turn. And so you'll have like these big like slides in the music that you have to do by like turning knobs or you'll have like sudden jumps from left to right where you have to turn the knob like really hard and then like sometimes when you do that it like flips the entire um musical stage upside down uh which is really freaking sweet like it just visually is really cool um like all these things like god i wish they would come to the united states like i'm sure you could probably find them somewhere but i wish this was just like in my like hometown and I could go to this arcade because it is so much fun uh like other games I played were like the love live game which you could play like on your iPad basically but it was kind of fun to play it in an arcade and another one called Chunithum which I think is relatively new because it had some of the newest like music and by the way all of these systems had like a bunch of like anime music in them which was fun to play um but Chunithum is one where you have like a flat almost keyboard and you have to just like basically uh, play chords on the areas of the keyboard that are being lit up and stuff uh, and like slide your fingers across sometimes and lift your hands up like off the keyboard at times. I don't know. So I don't know. Just like all these different rhythm games like hit like different niches and like they all just generally feel awesome. Uh, and like the harder they get, the more you have to be in like a trance to like play these games accurately. Do you think a arcades could come back to America, possibly? I think there's people that are trying to bring them back. Um, Adam Sandler in the Pixels movie. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> so arcades are dead now uh, because of Adam Sandler. In America, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if uh, rhythm games would come back. I, mean, like, I, mean, I know DDR was a huge thing for a while, but... I wonder if these rhythm games would catch on. I like. I feel like they would, especially if there was like music that would support them here. But I just want Gwee Gwee. Gwee Gwee. What's Gwee Gwee? Oh, it's an old story from a long time ago. So basically, I'll, I'll tell this story briefly. It's Gwee Gwee is Guitar Hero, and I was over at a friend's house in high school, and uh, we were just kind of hanging out and. His older brother, my friend's older brother, was down in the basement, and he was hanging out with his girlfriends, and they were high, like <laughs> high as balls. And he just came upstairs, and he goes, "Babe's downstairs playing Gwee Gwee on super speed." <coughs> She's downstairs playing Guitar Hero on easy and failing. So, <laughs> uh, from now on, I've always called Guitar Hero Gwee Gwee. Interesting. Just, that's very moe of you. Yes, whatever, whatever that means. I I don't speak Japanese. Moe of him? No, it's not. It just reminded me of like how um, 
Yui from K-On calls her guitar like Gita. Like, I don't know. It's so, and then Savage calls guitar hero Gui Gui. It's very Moe. Uh, it's, oh man, I don't know what I would say it's Moe, <laughs> but actually it kind of is actually, sorry. <laughs> Savage, you're Moe. <laughs> yeah, we, we've come to a conclusion. Executive decision, Savage is Moe. Um, so is that, what, is that like a new title? Like, do I get to put that as like my surname? Uh, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not Moe yet. <laughs> You made a Moe statement, but that's it. So if B comes our CEO, you're the C CCO, chief creative, then I'm just the Moe? Yeah, you're the Moe. You bring the Moe. <laughs> Corporate title. Mo Moe, Mo Problems. <laughs> uh, poor, poor Savage. So uh, the, the thing that was not Moe was in the arcades, you would think that you're like doing okay and having a good time at these rhythm games, and then some frigging guy... <laughs> would stroll up next to you and just play like 20 like 3000% faster rhythm game than you are like he like you would think that you're pressing the buttons as fast as you could like possibly press them and then some com- some kid would come up next to you and press the buttons at like 300 presses per second or something it would be so ridiculous like it's, you'd have to like see it to believe it i took some like videos of these people like, they must just, like, come after work, like, every day. Or not work. I'm not even sure what they do. Because, like, it seems like this is their job, these rhythm games. It's insane. <laughs> like, they're just so freaking good at them. Like, to the point where it's like, is this even fun anymore? I don't even understand. Like, ah, oh, They just must practice so much. Like, there was one girl that was, like, like playing next to me at one point, And she was just, like, so ridiculously better than me that, like, after she finished, I started clapping for her. And she was like, no, 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 that was bad. And she got, like, a 98% or something on this ridiculously hard song. It's like, that was not bad. Shut up. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> you're, you're like, well, you did such a good job. She's like, no, I did not. She's like, no, I, like, did, I didn't 100% it. Oh. I was like, Jesus Christ, relax, lady. It's okay. <laughs> and now we know why Japan's so far ahead of us technologically. <laughs> it truly is like completely ridiculous. I I, I didn't understand. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I just don't even know how it's like physically and mentally possible to get that good at those games. But apparently, it is. Yeah, apparently, do it. So have fun. <laughs> so, uh, what else did you do while you were in Japan? Become besides uh, go around the strip arcade scene. Um. I did all sorts of like sightseeing. I did all sorts of eating. One of the coolest places to eat that is like a technological related one was a conveyor belt sushi restaurant. Um, now this is not like the old style one. Like there's like conveyor belt sushi restaurants where like the chefs just like put sushi on a belt and it slowly makes its way around the room and you just take what you want. No, no, no. This was like, you had like an iPad in front of you uh, and you could order three things at once and send the order off to the kitchen, and then they would shoot a tray out to you. You would take your food off the tray, and then send the tray back, and then as soon as you sent the tray back, you could order three more things. And everything was like 100 yen, so like every dish was like $1. So I was with two guys, and like one guy got like literally 17 dishes of sushi. (laughs) Holy shit. Dude, dude, I would love to do that, just to be able to try everything. Yeah. It was so awesome. And like... So I tried, like, all this sushi, and then at the end, I was like, fuck it. I, I got, like, a Coke, and then, like, fried chicken and french fries. 
<laughs> and the funniest part was that this uh, this Japanese girl came in like after I'd already sat down and was sitting next to me. And I noticed that she started ordering everything that I ordered. Like, so I had ordered this, like, scallop roll with, like, shiitake mushrooms or something. She ordered that. Then I ordered my, like, French fries, and she ordered French fries. And I was like, this girl's, like, totally copying me. What is this? I think she was mocking me. I think she was mocking me, Leo. That's what was happening. Uh, Actually, I think that's a a thing where when you mimic somebody, it makes them like you more. Oh. Which may have been what she was doing. So you're saying that was like my 3D waifu, and I just yes. I missed the opportunity. Yes, or she was just trying to take your money from you. <laughs> whenever she, you realized that you liked her. Oh yeah, I think it, I, I'm just saying that might have been the point. It could have been. Could have been. I mean, if she was exactly ordering what you got, then that would make sense. She got. She definitely was, at least at first. So, um, but yeah, that kind of restaurant would make so much money in the United States if they did it right because holy crap it's like so much food for such a good bargain uh and it's it was like a high quality on a belt <laughs> it was pretty cool like i'm thinking of that like if it was like 2 dollars for a dish yeah i would do it still even that sounds good to me <laughs> well, I, I mean yeah. they have similar things to that so there there's a restaurant around where uh, my wife and I live, which is, it's not local to here, but it's, it's a very small chain. It's called Tacanos and it's like a Brazilian, uh, bar and grill. And what they do is they have this like little stoplight cube on, uh, the table. So like red, yellow, green or whatever. And you just put that in the center of your table. And if it's red, Whenever they bring new meat out of the kitchen, they will pass by your table and not stop and offer you any. But if you flip it to green, every time something new comes out of the kitchen, which is like every five minutes, and it's like a different type of meat. So you have like bacon-wrapped chicken or like Brazilian barbecue or something that comes out, they'll stop by your table and like cut off a piece. So it's just endless meat. Oh, God. (laughs) That sounds pretty good. You can sit there and whenever you like want to take a break from eating or if you see something you aren't necessarily interested in, you just flip your cube back over to red and they'll pass by and not interrupt you at all. And then for all your sides and stuff, it's just like an open bar of like, just get up and get any sides whenever. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of beef, I had Kobe beef in Kobe, Japan. Uh, Oh, the, the literal Kobe beef. Oh, yeah. Literal, like, real Kobe beef. Uh, American steaks are fucking better. Fuck it, what everybody says. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, no, I'm totally serious. I've had way better steak here. Way better steak. Now, uh, we need to clarify this. You're from over on the East Coast around New York, so I'm yes. sure you've had better steak. Yeah, I've been to some re- legit steakhouses, and that steak was better. Be- I will say... The miso soup I had at this place was unbelievable, though. Literally the best miso soup I've ever had in my life. Understandable, obviously. Yeah, it was like an unbelievable like flavor profile. And I had miso soup several times on this trip, and that like miso soup like blew away every other miso soup I had. So if you go to Kobe, Japan, go to Steakland and get the fucking miso soup, because <laughs> it's the best food you're going to eat at that restaurant. <laughs> Because you've had better steak in America. Yeah, other people. I, <laughs> excuse well, me. Other people totally disagree. What was totally the big disagree. difference? I have to know. What was the big difference with it? 
Yeah. Um, it was fattier, I guess, uh, and pretty tender. Like it can like melt in your mouth. Um, some people on the trip like thought had their minds blown by that steak. Like they loved it. Uh, so it could just be a matter of taste as well. But like I've had, there used to be a restaurant near me, uh, that was like an old school steakhouse that was clearly doing well for itself because they closed down for not paying their taxes. <laughs> but <laughs> while, while they were open, they made the best goddamn steak I've ever tasted. So, well, and I, I guess that goes to show like everybody has their own taste for things. Like how do you like your steak cooked to be calm? Typically medium. So I think other people who got it like medium rare or rare liked the Kobe beef better. So that could be an issue with it too. Well, and that, that's the thing. Like, how do you like your steak, Leo? Uh, medium. But God, you all are like... so generic. <laughs> I, I was trying I'm to sorry, get to I, the point. I, like, I, some I... people like stuff rare. Some people like like me. Oh, I'm, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm the oddball. I like well done everything. Oh, you you're terrible. You're a terrible person. See, I like chicken. I make a lot of chicken <laughs> at home, and uh, it's obviously well done. But I take it to work, and I reheat it. And if I accidentally reheat it too much, it becomes a fucking, like, it's like chewing rubber. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a good thing. Yeah, I do a lot of cooking because my wife doesn't cook um, by choice. I prefer to eat what I actually make. Um, so, like, I do a lot of cooking and specifically a lot of grilling. So it's a challenge for me because my wife likes, like, medium rare or rare stuff and mm. i'm like uh i'm the complete opposite i want just a little bit of char around the outside of my burgers and gotcha. like oh i don't i don't know i do a lot of grilling though so for me like steak is one of those things i can understand eating it but from what i've heard about kobe beef is it's like really soft and almost like a buttery consistency yep yep and that to <coughs> me just doesn't sound good i want my steak like to be like a not tough because that sounds bad when you're talking about steak, but like... But like, like some, a little bit of resistance. Yeah, like a little bit of into gristle it. in it or something. Like some kind yeah. of like... It, it's meat. I want to eat meat. I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be like that guy in the Matrix taking a bite of that steak and being like, ignorance is bliss. Oh, the French guy. I've been watching the Matrix all week, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's such a good movie. I can't believe they're like rebooting that franchise. By the way, are they they're not yeah. rebooting it? They said it's not a reboot. They said they're going to make another Matrix movie in huh. the same universe, but not a sequel, not a prequel, and not a reboot. It's somewhere in the middle. It's just a different story. It's kind of like uh, huh. a Star Wars Rogue One for the main line of story, which I also watched on the plane back from Japan with subtitles. Star Wars Rogue One. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I didn't actually listen to it. Because, by the way, planes are so annoying. Because they have those headphone jacks that have... You need to have, like, the adapter or, like, the actual headphones that have, like, two, like, uh, protrusions from the headphone thing. Rather than just, like, the one 3.5 millimeter whatever, whatever it is, jack. So... Like, if I put my headphones, like, my normal headphones into the jack, you only hear, like, left channel or right channel audio, which is super annoying. So I just would put subtitles on from the movies and then, like, listen to a podcast on the flight instead. Wait, who did you fly with? 
Um, Japan Airlines through American Airlines, basically. Oh. <coughs> that that shouldn't have been too bad then. It wasn't too bad. Pretty good service on Japan Airlines, honestly. All right. Well, we're we're not going to get into traveling. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> wait. Very important. My suitcase was amazing. Oh God. Oh suitcase it, it, review. Anyways, uh, suitcase do you review. Have an outro that we can go to. Got me everywhere I needed to go. Be calm, please. Got got plenty of things back. Like very efficient packing. I got like oh, I'll just say this because I guess I won't have time to say it on the anime podcast. Uh, I went to Kyoto Animation Studio in when I was in Kyoto um, and took pictures out front, but then also went to their shop, which is like a couple blocks away, and bought a bunch of Hibike Euphonium stuff. They were also like playing the soundtrack when I walked in there, so I was like, oh, this place knows who I am. Like, they know me well. <laughs> so I, I bought like a couple of books with um, like animation cuts and background art <laughs> from the show and they're awesome as a fellow anime person he's boring me also so don't fall for sorry <laughs> for everybody else <laughs> any real anime person knows that hibiki euphonium is the truth is the one true anime oh god until season two when they fucked everything up but that's okay well that's about it for this week uh please subscribe <laughs> on youtube and follow us on twitter for podcast updates and please subscribe to us on itunes and google play now um and leave a five-star review if you like what you've heard. Also, just a reminder, we're live next week with this podcast on Wednesday at 5 o'clock-ish. Um, East, Eastern time. Yeah, Eastern time. Uh, we're we're going to... We're going to try a live broadcast um, and maybe even throw up like some quiplash or something like that to play with it as well. Um, that's, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> but, uh... With that, we will see you guys next week. See you guys. Later.